meine Damen und Herren, welcome to the very first episode of The Way In. It's your boy, Team Away, and I am so excited to finally bring this nebulous idea into reality through your ear canal, into your mind, and I hope it will inspire and incite some amazing conversations between you, your friends, your family, that random person that you walk by in the streets every day, and maybe your local barista. So this first episode was supposed to be not an episode, but rather a 30-second soundtrack, sound check, with my sister, Kelsey Way. And I'm not sure what we're going to do. Probably just talk trash to each other for 30 seconds or so to make sure all the audio equipment worked. But what turned out instead was a 53-minute conversation in typical Way family fashion. And we covered everything from alopecia to teachers versus students to how to overcome a dark period in your life, how to get through transitions. And it was really sort of a therapeutic conversation for her, for both of us. And I think we really were able to connect. It's not something, a type of conversation that we get to have with one another very often. It just sort of organically happened. I'll make an excuse for the technical side of it. I sound like the Tin Man, or I sound like Tinny Winnie. And, well, Kelsey, she sounds great on her iPhone 4S. Great piece of equipment, by the way. So if you can work through that, I think all the conversation is there. You'll be able to hear it just fine. And I welcome you to comment, let me know. All feedback is welcome, even if you're just popping by to talk trash to me. I love that. So without further further ado, please, please enjoy or don't. Just let me know. But here's the conversation and let the games begin. Well, it is easier for your camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter through the gates of Zion, you know? Solabanton and Volfonic come again, you know? Say, I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. No, 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 no. Material. So here, here's a question. When, how do you answer the question, what do you do? Hmm, I like to answer it non-traditionally. I like to say what I actually do and people's intent is to ask what I do to make money. But I like to say, oh, I like to ride my bicycle a lot and uh, test my endurance with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like to laugh and I like to go hiking. I like to go to the Olympic Peninsula whenever possible. I like to pet dogs etc. Drink wine. So uh, teach people about alopecia. Tell me, tell me more about alopecia. What would you want to teach me? What is alopecia? Alopecia is an autoimmune disorder in which my body tells my, well, my immune system tells my body that hair is bad for me. So it attacks my hair follicles and it falls out. So what you're saying is that your skin is very soft. Yes, <laughs> only because of my regimen, which includes uh, coconut oil mixed with shea, raw shea butter and lavender extract. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would you consider yourself a teacher or a student? Both. 
Oh. You can never so, be one or the either, so other. Tell me about a time when you felt you were a teacher. Oh, boy. Uh, a teachable moment? Or when, teachable. You were, when you were teaching, when you were drawing upon your life experience and you felt maybe you're in a situation like, man, I can, I can really help this person. And you took the role of a teacher. Uh, I suppose the first one that pops in my head out of the many that I've had is earlier this year, I have a student who pulls out her hair out of anxiety and stress and her mother wanted her to wear a wig for picture day. And my student hated the idea of wearing a wig and knew it wasn't for her and thought she looked weird. Um, but at the same time was oddly comfortable with doing it because it was for her mom. And so I, she entrusted me in helping her put her wig on for the picture. And so I (laughs) went to the, I, I went to her and I asked her, uh, why she wanted to wear the wig and whatnot. And she said specifically for her mother, uh, sorry, I was just distracted. And anyway, so I helped her put on her wig and she told me that I looked beautiful without my hair and that she really loved my head wraps. And I said, you know what? It hasn't always been like this. I lost my hair and I wore a wig for several years And I wasn't entirely comfortable with it because I was very self-conscious. I knew that people were staring at me, might think that I was weird because I didn't have hair. I was a young lady and it's not normal for girls to lose their hair. But then you get to a point where you don't care and you cope the way that you do. And so if that involves wearing a wig for a while, uh, that's okay. But eventually you have to learn how to take it off and how to be yourself and not mind what others think about you. And so in that moment, I think that we had a moment together and she asked me after the photo if I could make her a head wrap. And I did. I gave her I gave her one of mine and I helped her put it on every day. Uh, And so now she's to the point where she doesn't care and she has just her head shaved. So, wow. Yeah, that was a great moment. And she's a really wonderful person. So. But the hair pulling is still a problem, but at the same time, that's working on something else. But so. Wow. So at what moment did you, what was your moment of, you know what? I don't need this wig anymore. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be me. Oh. Forget, forget you world. This is me. Come and get some. Uh, what was your turning point? I was a senior in college and it was nearing graduation. So of course that scary, awkward moment of, Oh shit, I'm not a college student anymore. I have to go into the quote unquote real world and be a person. This is a moment where I can express myself and be fully who I am. I was sick of going to the gym and working out without, thank you. Uh, (laughs) I was sick of going to the gym and working out with a wig on. Uh, I was sick of being someone who I was not, which was someone who had perfect hair all the time. And I, I had the empowerment and from my friends who encouraged me to just take it off and go for it. And so one day I was, it was 90 degrees in Athens, Ohio. And 
I, I was walking from South Green to Uptown, very populated area, and I didn't have anything on my head, and I was scared shitless. I was shaking, and I put sunglasses on, and I put my head up high, and I said, it does not matter. If I do not mind, it yes. does not matter. And I walked into my African-American yes. studies class, and which I had my professor who was, uh, who was a very outgoing lady and she was very well spoken. She was just so jubilant all the time. Gesticulations just every time she talked, she's so big. Her personality is <laughs> so big that every day or every two days we had uh, two classes a week. And so every time she took role, uh, it would take 45 minutes because she would ask each student how they were doing and she would genuinely care about that student. And, of course, my last name being Way, I was on the last few people on the list. And she gets to me and she says, Kelsey Way. And I say, here. And she goes, Kelsey Way, you are the most beautiful person in the world. And I said, <laughs> and, I, and people, everybody... Everybody turns around and stares at me, and I said, I was blushing. I could feel it on my face, and I say thank you, and I just acknowledge that. And um, and she was just like shaking her head, like she had no clue that I was wearing a wig the whole quarter. And this was my last class with her, and uh, we had a conversation afterwards. But uh, that was really empowering for me. And then that night, I just went out no hair, and that was the turning point for not wearing a wig anymore and hiding who I actually was, which was someone who I wasn't. So that is so good. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But I could, I could not have done it without my friends with that, that little boost of encouragement and confidence Mm -hmm. from my friends who like, Kelsey, you are beautiful without this wig. You don't need hair. You don't need hair. And we went to Casa for a dance and dog days are over came on by Florence and the machine. Oh my gosh. Casa and, dog days. And oh. my, my best friend Ryan comes up to me. I have, uh, uh, I had my wig on. This was before the class. I had my wig on at that point and I took off my wig and he goes, the weave days are over. Uh, the weave days are done. And I, <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, this is so right. This feels so right. Uh, and that was the day before I just let it all go and didn't wear it anymore. So that, that prefaced it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we need to get Florence and the machine to redo that song or we could just make our own <laughs> remix. <laughs> <laughs> the weave oh. days are over. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh. I was like about in tears. It was. I was so just overjoyed by whom I surrounded myself with at that moment in my life, and how fortunate I was to have these people in my life who really just pushed me through that time. Because all of it started in college and it ended in college. I started mm-hmm. losing my hair freshman year, and I lost the wig senior year. So, and in a way, you became you. Yep, exactly. And I've uh, became a, a person that a lot of kids have trusted, I think, because of it, because I am <laughs> I am not hiding. Mm-hmm. And with that, what mm-hmm. advice, what advice, so now this was, what is this, five years ago? 
seven. This is like seven to ten years ago, right? This is like over two thousand nine, seven, seven years, seven ago. years ago. So, what mm-hmm. advice would you give to your younger self that the Kelsey of seven or eight years ago, before all this was mm. happening, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself seven or eight years ago? Before going into that, what would you tell yourself? Oh, I think there's plenty I would tell myself, but about, uh, it's like what, what, about, what, what words of encouragement or what lesson that you learned through all of it, what would you share with your younger self to help mm. get, get your younger self through that? That, I mean, that coming of age, you're in college, you're a freshman, you're entering a new part of life and really recreating an image for yourself mm-hmm. and everyone relies so heavily. I can't imagine what it's like to be a woman. All of my experiences, the women that have been around me and you, right? Mm-hmm. So every day, the whole makeup, the, the hair, hair is such a crucial aspect mm-hmm. of a woman's identity mm-hmm. and to go into college and right away, it's like, well, Nope, you're not going to have that going into <laughs> the world. So, you know what? You got to deal with it. So, what's true? What, what are you going to, what would you tell yourself back then? Like, what's, what's some words of encouragement you'd offer your freshman just, self or even any freshman women going into, into this brave new world of yeah. university or whatever transition piece of life that they have? Yeah. Going into that transition, everybody wants a way to stand out. And their way of standing out may have something to do with their fashion, what they put on their body or how they do in school or um, what they've done in their lives that really just is a marker for them. And it's not something that you can truly carry with yourself all the time. Like putting on clothes, yeah, that can make you unique in a sense, whatever, but it doesn't put you out of other people. So I go into college and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm losing my hair. It uh, wasn't a huge part of my identity, but I'm a woman. So like what people are going to think I'm, I'm sick and I have cancer, whatever. But I think going back, I would tell myself that I have been given the opportunity to teach someone or everyone that something isn't always the way that they think it is. Mm. Um, so looking at me, I don't have cancer and you think I have cancer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot like, of good stories that go along with those it. Are by the way. <laughs> plenty. <laughs> plenty. And it's just, <laughs> and it's uh Kelsey, this is your way of standing out and teaching people that uh, things aren't always the way that they seem. And this encourages questions and it encourages human interactions and you might have some really funny moments later on and you're going to have very unique stories that nobody else is going to have and that is what you are going to that is your identity and that's what you are going to represent um you are one in several thousand people females especially that have been gifted with something that isn't going to kill you uh in fact it will it's so cliche, but it will make you stronger because you will not give a shit about what the world thinks about you. Yes. You will own the world and you will do what you want and you will do it on your terms and not anybody else's. And so I think uh, telling myself that breaking out of the social norms of our society is only going to make it harder to put shackles on me again. Mm. Mm. 
I would fist bump you right now, <laughs> and I will because you're just right downstairs. It's true. <laughs> 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 oh, that is powerful. So it's, it's so good. It's a, been a very powerful, <laughs> uh, powerful experience, I will say, and. Uh, I, I am fortunate enough to have social media in which I look at other postings of alopecians. Uh, uh, that's what I call them at least. The and alopecians. The alopecians. And the I su- see the so. The supreme race of alopecians. Is exactly. We're ahead of evolution. Uh, because we don't have hair as South Park put it. But, um. <laughs> In the wet episode when the aliens come back, you know, and they're yellow skin and they don't have hair and they're taking the jobs of everybody, uh, they're bald. So anyways, um, I see so many people, they're, they're very sad about, about their situation and they're mostly sad because they don't look like others around them when that is the key factor to who they are. You don't have to look about, you don't have to look like the others around you. That's what makes you an individual in this world where it is so hard to be an individual. People will point you out in a crowd. They will because you don't have hair. (laughs) They're not going to bypass you. So, and then it will give them all the more reason to talk to you, which encourages a human experience, which we lack these days anyway, with so much technology in our lives. So Mm. this is like, George Carlin's hair poem, except without hair, because you're aware that some stare at your lack of hair. In fact, Mm -hmm. to be fair, some really despair of your lack of hair, but you don't care because they're not aware, nor are they debonair. In fact, they're just square. Hmm. (laughs) Timo Thoreau. No, that was George Carlin, ladies and gentlemen. R.I.P. You have a lot of of good stories about... I do. About being an alopecian, yeah, about <laughs> being a baldacious being and playing that card. I, I remember you telling stories of um, some people in the streets going, girl, I started this trend. <laughs> or getting to the front row. What was one of your favorite moments as an alopecian? Oh, boy. Like, one that really just just made you vibe hard. <laughs> well, I think the the very first one will always will always stick with me as something that just like really <laughs> really got me going. I was like, yeah, being bald is so cool. Uh, it was when I got to the front row of a Black Keys concert because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm five three and everybody in front of me is five four plus, so I couldn't see anyway. Mm. But my friend used my baldness as a way to <laughs> get to the front row. Of course, we were intoxicated. We we're seniors in college, and uh, we pushed our way to the front row. And a guy that was standing behind me. Uh, <laughs> It's awful because it's a cancer card story. Uh, <laughs> my friend, my uh, friend used it. Says, "Excuse us, excuse us. Six months to live." And uh, oh my goodness, it was awful. It was awful. And I was like, "Oh God, karma. Oh no." And uh, we got to the front, and this guy looks at me, and he asks, "Do you really have cancer?" And I said, "Yes." Oh. <laughs> and that is the only time I've ever done it. And I was intoxicated. I look back. I'm like, oh, I was like, I really want to be front row. And so he says, okay. And he was about six, three. And I was stood in front of him the whole time with my friend Ryan and 
we were front row of the Black Keys concert. But I think, uh, <laughs> one of actually one of the most great moments, uh, uh, that pops up into my head for being alopecian is, uh, I was on the ferry from Bainbridge Island to Seattle and I was doing my morning yoga on the ferry. It was a very early, yoga, uh, ferry. And this lady comes up to me and just starts a conversation right away. She <laughs> says, she asked me, she's like, Oh my God, are you going through treatment? And I say, Oh, I was like, no, I am. I have alopecia. And she's like, oh, oh my gosh, thank God, thank God. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm fortunate. And she says, I had uh, ovarian cancer and I had to have all these surgeries. She goes into her story and her doctor who she really loved. And um, so she really opened up and she just basically told me her life story, how she wasn't supposed to have kids, but then had two. And she had a brother who taught jujitsu and um, another brother who owned his own studio in Olympia and just like told me it was an open book with very few words from myself. And so after I had that conversation with her, I realized that that I can be some sort of temple to people where they come and can find a safe conversation to have because there is that awkward conversation starter of do I have cancer? Um, but in a wow. way, I'm, a, I'm a, like a freelance therapist without oh, promoting oh, oh. myself. <laughs> a freelance therapist just on the basis of you not having hair or something that the oh my gosh, this girl doesn't have hair. She must have cancer. And it's almost mm -hmm. as if they're projecting, well, they are projecting. They are. Mm -hmm. That this person has something I can relate to. It's, it's uh, very true. Um, and so I do, I do, I get a lot of wonderful stories from that. And at first I was just like a little bit, uh, I was a little bit weirded out by it, but then I learned to open up to it and I'm just mm -hmm. like, People need to talk to each other, and I might be that person that that person needs to talk to. And I found a lot of beauty in that situation because I get to know something about a person that if I looked at them, I would have never, never in my dreams like guessed mm. that story. And so I think that also teaches me to view people not as just like another person on the street, but as someone who has a story that needs to be shared. And I think that's where my compassion kicks in and I want to help people. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good well, foundation for life. A lot of times I, I heard this great quote, and I don't remember who it was, but Google will probably help <laughs> us at some point. But it was along the lines of make your mess your message. Mm. Mm -hmm. And no, I'm not saying it, you know, it was a mess or anything. But <laughs> it, it, it was a mess. But, but it, of it course, it was a struggle. And, and through the darkness, you, you, you find this message. Mm -hmm. And you've come out of this very dark place of, of being lost in identity. I was there. And I saw it as I was a senior when you were a freshman coming over and staying on the couch when all of this, all hell was breaking loose and the mm -hmm. whole world and your image was just being crumbling like, oh my gosh. And here you are, a beacon <laughs> for the baldacious beings. It's true. The alopecians, <laughs> the freelance therapist, <laughs> holding space for all of those that needs someone to just listen and 
mm-hmm. and understand because mm-hmm. you've been there. That's beautiful. And I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank for you. Being, for being so strong. Thank you. All of these years. And just balling hard. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what we do. I mean, I'm not biased or anything here. I know it. But, you I know, know just, it. You know, we're blood. It's true. So, so yeah. <laughs> I, hope <so. laughs> I hope so. And, you know, if anybody doesn't know who we are, you are a baldacious being, and I am <laughs> a man bun nation. <laughs> a man bun shaman. I have hair almost to my ass. <laughs> and I'm trying to convince young men to grow their hair out and smash <laughs> the. <laughs> cultural suppression of male expression you're like listen ladies it's okay to not have hair and i'm like listen guys it's okay to have hair damn what a what a world uh, we Goodness need to get gracious. we need to get a photo together with our t-shirts <laughs> true true oh my god go, go viral that would okay. be amazing so Oh man, this is all right. This is fun. <laughs> With all these people that you've met, like mm-hmm. what? What do you feel? And, and I was, I think it was really fun in Thailand mm. when we have this Buddhist population and these these monks rolling around every morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? <laughs> What was that like? I mean, it seemed like you, you go through, what are some of the different ways people have viewed you? I mean, you've got the freelance therapist, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you've got monks looking at you in a different way, and you've got so people true. like, oh my gosh, this person's a can't. What's like one of the weirdest, most like strange moments of like, wow, this person really, what's one of the strangest projections, I suppose, that someone has placed on you for just the way that you look? Oh, that's a great question. Um, because all of them blur together. I, I will say. <laughs> or what's a Thai- commonality? What's a commonality amongst all the projections? Oh, that, yeah. Uh, a commonality would be that most of them have encountered cancer in their life. I would say mm-hmm. all, most of the people, 90% of the people that have asked me have had some sort of, um, cancer play out in their life, uh, Mm -hmm. whether that be a family member or themselves. Um, mostly it's very close to someone who is very close to them. Um, and so it comes from a deep emotional place for most Mm -hmm. of the people that do tell me, uh, I've had, have one girl who had just pulled her hair and she knew I was wearing a wig. And I said, how did you know? She said, I wear wigs too. And she's like, what do you have? I was like, alopecia. And she, I asked, I was like, what do you have? And she's like, I have trichomania. I think that's the name. I have to double check it. But that's when you just have the syndrome of pulling your hair. Um, in Thailand on the Thailand note, I remember walking through the Buddhist uh, monastery and we were by that koi fish pond and uh, we were walking out and there were two monks together and they were at a table and I don't, I'm not sure what they were doing, but I looked over there and we made eye contact from afar, a monk and myself. And uh, he, he pointed at me and then he tapped the top of his head and then gave me a thumbs up. And I, <laughs> and I pointed at him and I gave him a thumbs up. And I don't know, to me, it was, it was the first time that I was acknowledged by someone in Thailand for being bald, Mm. um, and having a head, cause I wear, you know, my head wraps, uh, in a certain way. So I'm not completely bald all the time, but, um, 
So that was to me, I'm like, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Like, why does he think I'm bald? And I know he's bald because he's a monk. Like that, that is something I am sure of. But what inspired him to give me the thumbs up? Like, did he think I was trying to be part of the culture or did he just like the look on me? Um, so that, that to me is something I still <laughs> question, but I thought it was a, a beautiful thing that we shared anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're, you're also, you're a spiritual warrior, Kelsey. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I wear it on my head. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what are those, what are the head wraps called? Uh, I, I honestly, I take materials from Goodwill and I make them myself or um, I've had friends give me scarves and I just wear scarves and I tie them a certain way and so I don't they could be head scarves or head wraps but I make them they're all unique to me uh, I don't buy them at a store so I, I don't know I just call them head wraps or head scarves honestly but people know I'm bald anyway but I just like them because they protect my head from the sun and other things <laughs> and it just uh it plays up the baldness just a little bit more for me which i like <laughs> you you like to play up the baldness i yeah. love it i love it oh. <laughs> i mean you have to i can relate to that right um, you put your hair up different ways. I put my bun up, so my hair my head scarf on. Yeah, you got your you got your scarf bun. I got my Yep. I mean, I completely relate to that. Yeah. Uh I think yours is easier though. It totally is. Uh, <laughs> Less I've shower debated, time too. I've debated joining you. Um way less shower time, by the way. I I shower less because of this. Just <laughs> full disclosure. Um <laughs> As we so, all should. So, <laughs> touche. So mm -hmm. along this, along this entire, along along the path so far, who would you say was the most influential guide, and mm. what did they share with you? So that's interesting because um, the when I was started losing my hair, I researched vigorously what it could be. So it took me a year to get diagnosed by a doctor, but before I was diagnosed, I already knew what I had. Um, but I start, so I started researching blogs and like who else has alopecia, who else is going through this, trying to find some sort of camaraderie with this. And I actually found a blog posting by a 14 year old girl that had alopecia and she was inspiring to me in the moment uh, that I was a freshman in college losing my hair because she had said that she goes to school and she puts on these really cute headbands, but then um, she had worn a wig for a while and then she decided that it's not for her anymore. She just needs to take it off. And she went to school and her friend embraced her. She had a really good experience coming out as a, a bald young lady. And so at um, after a while, people just started patting her head. Or she told people to pat her head because it was good luck uh, <laughs> to rub a bald head or to pat a bald head. And to me, that, that at the time I was 19 and that was coming from a 14-year-old just like, 
was a very powerful statement to me. And I'm just like, here's this 14-year-old girl going through a very awkward time in her life, speaking to someone who is just entering college. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I am inspired and I need to be like her. Mm-hmm. And so she has been someone who's been in the back of my mind for a very long time. And that person does not even know it. Um, but I hope that <laughs> I hope that she knows that it, it, whatever part she is in her life right now. Uh, that she has inspired people at a very wow. young age. Sounds like a right candidate to be to be part of Baldacious Beings. Totally. And I, you know <laughs> what? I, I should like try to Google her again or something. I don't even know what kind of blog I was on yeah. was so oh, long ago. That would be so cool to get you to. It would be. It would be. <laughs> and it, it's not impossible. It would be really neat. Uh, I'll help you if you need it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. I'll just be there. Uh, pumping my fists or whatever you need right (laughs) right Um, on probably something obnoxious Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so what now we both know our father and so what what's the most important lesson that you've learned from your father from dad oh man um dad has taught me many things, uh, whether it be how to pour in wine. I need more wine. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, by all means, you can come up here. And <laughs> come up here. And grab uh, some wine. I will. You can. Yeah, I mean, you can do it right now. Uh, let's see. Well, <laughs> There's no rules here. <laughs> I'll, I'll trade you because um, uh, Stan just made some fucking dark chocolate mousse, uh, and I can't eat all of it. For context, we're in a hacker house. <laughs> Here we go. That's so good. So good. Yay! Thank you. I can hear myself echo, so I'm leaving. This will be unedited. Yeah. Okay. Cabernet Sauvignon 2015, 399 QFC, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yay! Uh, cheap wine. Um, it's actually pretty delicious. I'm impressed. I think it's better than that Baybridge. Yeah, the Baybridge. B A E B R I D G E. Baybridge. Mm-hmm. That's where all the bays hang out. Mm hmm. Baybridge on Bainbridge. Um, the most important lesson, Dad, oh boy. Uh, Dad taught me uh, many ways of coping. Uh, in hard times, Dad would always find solace in going outside and being physical. And also just putting a smile on his face, no matter what the situation was. He just always knew how to put, he always knows how to put a smile on his face. And growing up, uh, I went through a lot of emotional hardship, uh, before alopecia enduring and whether that was like losing friends or relationships with other people. Um, dad always knew how to remedy it with taking me outside or on a hike or, skipping rocks on a river or going camping, whatever it was that he taught me healthy coping mechanisms that I still carry on in my life. And I 
it's a way of life at this point, um, loving the outdoors and how to utilize them. Um, and knowing when you need to go to them to heal yourself. How do you know when that moment is, that breaking point is? Because it seems like there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't really have that point. They don't really have a trigger. Mm-hmm. Whether and that and that darkness could be either, oh man, I've just gained a hundred pounds. Yeah. And I and maybe for some people it takes a heart attack to realize, oh crap, I gotta lose weight. And in this case, you know, how do you know when, okay, it's time for me to recenter? I'm getting off balance or I'm starting to get to uh, really, I guess, off, off mm-hmm. center. Yeah. Uh, I think, <laughs> well, when you say off center, it's just like, I know when I'm off center because you know, you've, you've, what does it feel like to be off center? To, to, for me personally, to not be at my homeostasis is to be uh, not jubilant, not laughing enough in a day, having, thoughts, like one thought just repeat in my head all day and being really stressed out about a thought that I just really can't help in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, so for example, you know, like I get, I could get very stressed out at work and it's because of one thing and it's one thing that I cannot fix. And I think that's what I get stressed out about. And so I, I come back and I'm just like, you know, I have the burrowed frow, uh, eyebrows and, uh, I just have uh, no movement in my lips <laughs> and, and I just feel it. It's, it's very a physical feeling. I just feel like a fucking rock at the bottom of a river. That's not going with the current and all my other rocks are going with it. And I'm just like, why can't I just move on with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty sure and, I've seen you there. Yeah. I, I know you have, I know you have, and it's, it's very frustrating and, and I see it and I recognize it. And then as soon as I, I say, I see that I'm just like, what do I do? What do I need to do? Kelsey, you need to go out into the middle of the woods. <laughs> you need quiet. You need something that is not a city setting and you just need to walk it out. And hundred percent of the time, every time I do it, I just feel better. I'm like, there's, you go out into the middle of the woods. Like we went a couple weekends ago to the beach. I'm just like, uh, all of this had just been like cementing on me. And I was just becoming this stiff statue of just like who I'm not. I'm just not this person. And I know I'm not this person, but I don't know how to chip away at it. And, uh, so we go out to the woods and we go camping and have a really great time. And all of a sudden I feel like a human again. I feel like myself, I'm laughing. I'm not worried about anything. I was just worried about because I realize that it, that it does not affect me wholly the next day. It's just, uh, I think that, that when I get stone cold, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm just like not a warm person anymore. And I can feel that. I'm not being warm to people around me and to myself. And I don't like being that way, but I'm also very stubborn. And when I get to that point, I'm just like, I need to go. I need to do something. Mm. So hearing a lot of uh, stiffness, you become a rock Mm -hmm. within a river when everything else is moving around (sighs) you, but you're not moving and flowing. The stag Mm -hmm. sounds like stagnation. It sounds like Mm -hmm. just everything freezes you freeze with a infinite focus on one thing and the laughter ceases and a drive to 
head out into the wild to like the push second beach and a little bit of storm king mm-hmm. climbing and some really yeah. awesome nature <laughs> to disconnect it's, in yeah. order to reconnect right that's that's what i'm hearing exactly and that is not mansplaining mm-hmm. i'm just sum- summating what you just said i hope probably you are you are <laughs> it okay. is it's true it's it's okay. very true and i think that people Mm, who like you are using examples is like, you know, people who gain a hundred pounds and don't see it. I think people get so lost and perhaps like to get to that point where, I mean, like weight, like massive weight gain and things like that. Maybe they weren't taught different ways growing up. I think that has all to do with, you know, nature and nurture uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate. We were fortunate to have a dad who was a lover of the outdoors and who was really involved with all of uh, recreational activities when we were growing up and included us in that. And other people have different things like they go play tennis or, you know, and that's physical too. Um, some people have a way of coping with eating because that's what their family did. And so I think for those people, it's, you need to, they need to be pushed a little bit harder to see that because they never learned that and they need to learn that. Um, and they can learn that at any point in their life, um, as long as maybe they're surrounded by the right people and allow them in. So, and allow those people in their lives to teach them that. So. Cool. (laughs) Yes. You know. Nodding in agreement. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody's driving out there. So I've got a few questions that I just thought of today. (laughs) What is the biggest question that the world is not asking right now? Or put in another way, I suppose an obvious fact that you see in your daily life that the rest of the world overlooks. Mm. And the like, first... Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying the first thing that comes into mind is being so disconnected with each other and things around us. And I think that I, I recognize that more because I am in a, I'm in Seattle. We're in Seattle. And oftentimes you walk out and people are on their phones and they're connected with somebody else that's not in front of them. Uh, or you go to a place and it's, it's kind of hard to warm up to people depending who you are, but, uh, people aren't as warm here as maybe in other small towns and such who are just a little more disconnected than a big city. Um, and I know I'm not the only one seeing that. I know I'm not, but that is something that hits me hard when I'm here mm. and I'm hiking at discovery park and nobody says hello to me and I say hello and nobody says hello back to me. And I'm just like, you, what is this? What's happening? It's like, uh, uh, who is this person? Yeah, Don't why look are at they me. saying hello? And it's weird to me because stop looking at me. Exactly. <laughs> Growing up in the Midwest, you know, we say hello to each other. We wave to our neighbors. That's just how it was. And I think that's just a human kindness. And, you know, you wave, you wave to people just walking down the street and you wave to people inside coffee shops. Like, and it's I think, <laughs> and I think that has a lot to do with where we came from too. It's just like, there is that a lot of kindness where we come from, um, and which we were taught and some people are surprised by it, but I also, you know, a question, uh, uh, that people are not asking the world is like, 
who, who can we connect with? Like, who can we connect with? And the answer is everyone, no matter who you are. Mm. And people forget that whether it's because of their status in life, the jobs that they hold and they take pride in it. Great. But you know, you know, we, we walk down, we see homeless people every day and Mm -hmm. oftentimes we just walk past them and uh, a couple weeks ago, I stopped and I chatted with three of them and we had a really great, we were laughing the whole time. And that to me was a reminder that I can be connected with anybody that I choose to be connected with, whether it's positive or negative. There's some sort of uh, established connection that we all have because we are experiencing this world together day by day. And that's easy to forget. Because we get into our lives so much that we forget that other people have them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. The, the whole, the whole disconnected, connected mm-hmm. world. Goodness. Yeah. We, especially in our science and technology heavy city, mm-hmm. how strong the signs are. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, mm-hmm. a few more questions, Kelsey. Starting with, I'm going to steal this one straight from Lewis House. Perfect. But I'm going to make it my own because it's coming from my voice. So if all of recorded history is eliminated and baldacious beings was not a thing, the internet is gone, all the mm-hmm. data is just eliminated, everything that you ever wrote, journal entries, your phone contacts, everything is gone. Mm-hmm. And everything ever written is destroyed. Mm. We needed a restart crash like Denzel Washington in that one movie where he's a blind guy that rewrites the Bible. Are we talking like Fahrenheit 451, books are burned and everything? We're talking like Fahrenheit 451, <laughs> success story. All books oh. have been destroyed. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. And those TVs on the walls don't even exist. Okay. And we, we're starting fresh tomorrow and nobody knows anything because everybody's so reliant on the data and the internet, etc. Mm. What three truths would you offer to the world? What three truths would I offer to the world? Uh, hmm. Three truths. <laughs> I guess the first one, uh, it's just like, uh, well, you're not an individual now, are you? We all have to work together, don't we? Um, to rebuild what we had or to communicate knowledge. So one truth in life or to the world is that communication is necessary and it is important on a human level, not just techno technological level. Mm. You have to communicate with people. And that is, that is difficult. And that is something that I've learned that communication is key and it's to building relationships or anything that you do. Mm. Um, you know, we can't survive without each other where psychologically we're sadder without friends and mm. people around us. We need human interaction. Uh, so communication is one truth. You have to have it and you have to do it. Um, and that, I think that goes along with working together and whatnot. Also, let's see. Another truth is that you need to have compassion because when you lose everything, technology, everything, all you have around you is what you, you have nature and you have people, you're back to the basics and you have to learn how to care for each other uh, and build off of that com- compassion by communicating. I suppose they're intertwined. Mm. Um, 
And it, it's, it's just so important because, you know, human touch, and just even a hug, hugs are so healthy and they make us feel better. And that's all part of compassion, right? Uh, being there for somebody and knowing how to do that. And which is not taught in schools, by the way. Uh, not, not as a lesson at least, you know, we could probably talk an hour on that. Oh, we, could. We, we totally could. It's just, uh, compassion is so necessary. Uh, so communication, compassion, and a third truth. Hmm. Uh, those, uh, wow. A third truth to be taught to the world. Like a lesson that you've learned in your life that you know to be true, that you mm-hmm. would want to share with the mm-hmm. world, a world that has forgotten everything. Mm-hmm. Forgotten everything. Uh, even forgot how to like write down things. <laughs> because I also think that writing things down and recording things is very important to the life wow. experience because you reflect. So I guess that leads me to reflecting on what you do and what you're doing every day. Is it beneficial to yourself? Is it beneficial to the people around you? Um, what are you doing to hurt and harm uh, your world? Uh, so I think reflection, whether it's sitting by a pond and looking at yourself, uh, <laughs> in a world where the, nothing exists, but nature and man, um, and, and just really kind of diving deep into yourself and, and trying to dig the truths out and not knowing anything, all the books are gone. You can't read about compassion and communication and reflection anymore. You kind of have to discover it on your own, but I think we're all capable of doing all three things. Mm. We are, we are all capable of doing three, those three things. So reflecting is, is a huge part of the human experience and we need to do it more often. So, and I've learned that in my life. So communication, compassion, reflection. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> that is beautiful. Cool. Oh, last question mm-hmm. before you and I have some more wine. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yes. yes Thank you. Thank best. you very much. <laughs> birthday wine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, we can be serious and we can be wild too. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if we were ever serious. I don't know. Serious about fun. I was. Yeah, serious so, about fun. This is gonna. This is the most difficult question. Oh boy. Okay. Where can people find you online? oh it's true i'm like should i delete my facebook uh (laughs) you can if you want you can say nowhere nowhere like google me you can Um, find me you can find me on linkedin no that's not even it's not even updated Uh, i was gonna say linkedin I know, I know. You're like linked out. I linked out for sure. I'm so, I'm so bad with social media. Um, but I do have platforms. Uh, Baldacious so, Beings? Baldacious Beings. How do we find Baldacious Beings? You would log on to Facebook.com and you would put in the search bar Baldacious, as in vivacious, but with bald instead of V-I-V. Uh, beans with an S because we are plural. We are people. And Baldacious Beings on Facebook. Also K-Way. Uh, and let's see, Bald Eagle on Twitter. Uh, bald, <laughs> Baldest Eagle. I mean, I apologize. Baldest Eagle. I haven't even been on in so long. Uh, and I also have a website called nohair-don'tcare.com. So, awesome. Awesome. Yes. 
Yay. And I will provide links to all of these things. Perfect. And, and Kelsey, thank you so much for being a test subject dare I say guinea pig but I wouldn't because guinea pigs are just weird and small and I think all they do is poop in a cage but yeah this is fun this is fun and I will leave you with a quote from oh well I I was gonna say thank you so much for being open and honest and like you know hanging out with your bro for a little while for an hour or so and <laughs> taking all his crazy questions no these are great thank you so much for answering and thank you for helping me thank helping you you and sharing no. your story because i think yeah. it's so important that people hear it because you inspire me oh. and and i think it is important that other people hear your message thank you and i appreciate you spending the time to do this with me because honestly I didn't know how it would turn out, and I was like, I don't know, and it opened me up, and I reflected in this, so one of the three truths, right? So, If nobody uh, listens to this, we have it recorded. Exactly, and Uh thank you for letting me reflect upon my life, uh, in which you have experienced a lot of, and it's been actually... You have been my freelance therapist for this evening, so... (laughs) Kelsey. It's great. Um, but let me let me leave you with this. Um, it's just a part of a huge quote. But uh, so here it is. Wisdom is not communicable. The wisdom which a wise man tries to communicate always sounds foolish. Are you jesting? Asked Govinda. No, I am telling you what I have discovered. Knowledge can be communicated, but not wisdom. One can find it, live it, be fortified by it, do wonders through it, but one cannot communicate and teach it. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, you just rock bottomed this. Perfect. <laughs> this, this conversation that is beautiful. Would you be willing to share that with me? Yes. In text, I will. So I will good. share this with you in text. Oh, that but- is so good. I will also say that oh. is from the book Siddhartha, written by Herman Hess. Mm. Well, clearly I have some reading to do. That yeah. is fantastic. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Kokum Ka. Kokum Ka. Okay. Well, until next time, I'll see you in... 30 seconds. Or less. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) See ya. Bye. (laughs) And finally, what's your wig? That is, what wig are you hiding underneath that is preventing you from stepping into the world as your authentic self? And what steps can you take today to ditch the wig and become a beautiful, baldacious being just as Kay did? And with that, I leave you with one final thing. Namaste, fam. Until next time. And thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And if you enjoyed this or didn't, let me know. And either way, subscribe on iTunes. Share this on the social channels. And let's continue the conversation. And for show notes, connecting with Kay, and much more fun stuff and other podcasts and photos and blog and all this other good stuff visit timoway.com slash kway 
That's T-I-M-O-W-A-Y dot com slash K-A-Y-W-A-Y. Until next time, friends. Sayonara.